This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. So this is going to be episode two with Arthur Mulwa, who is the CEO of AI Care. And Arthur and I will continue our previous conversation on telematics and essentially what the company does in using emerging technologies to improve insurance, specifically motor insurance. In the last episode, we talked about what telematics is as well as how AI care is using that technology to improve the offering in motor insurance, specifically by reducing fraud and making sure customers can have varied offerings such as pay per kilometer and pay their insurance premiums based on their driving behavior. Welcome again to the show, Arthur. It's really nice to have you. Thank you, Ali. Um, Thanks to talk a lot about the innovative insurance products out in the market today. Arthur, there's something that you mentioned last time. You you talked about this partnership you have with an ambulance company where you can sort of respond instantly in case an insured individual engages in an accident. Could you talk about it more first? Yeah, sure. So the company, uh, Rescue, has a product out in the market right now where if anyone is in an accident, they're able to send out an ambulance to them Unfortunately, the service right now requires you to either press a button on the phone, make a phone call to them, or a bystander seeing the sticker on your car and making the phone call. So what we did with them was, because we're able to automatically detect accidents with our algorithms, we would be the ones doing the automated dispatch. The beauty of this is, if you're unconscious in the event of an accident or your accident happens you know, at 2 a.m. in the morning when there's no one around, you still are able to get a quick and instant service from the ambulance dispatcher. So that's the first in a series of innovative products that we're putting out in the market to enable safe driving and you know, safety for our clients. Right. And how do you think this new product offering will help will help um, insured individuals specifically around how soon they can access ambulance services? So the rescue service gets ambulances to you within about 20 to 25 minutes at most. Um, it can even be up like as short as 10 minutes um, of the happening of an accident. And when you have an automated dispatch, that helps that process go a bit quicker. So with regards to the effect for people is that when you're driving around, you feel a lot more safe that if anything were to happen to you, you get the best possible chance of quick and appropriate care for you so that lives are not lost needlessly thanks to delayed medical intervention. And we think that will also be very attractive for customers who are looking to join the telematics program as a starting product because everyone looks out for safety. Everyone looks out for their family when they're driving with them. So we do feel like it's now bringing value to customers uh, in terms of their well-being. Just to get some clarity, you say that it will bring great value to customers who are planning to join your telematics programs. Does it mean that 
these products are offered separately? So to join the rescue product, there's two paths to it. On the one path, you can join iCare and then iCare can do the dispatch for you. However, with this method, you would be required to pay for the ambulance dispatch fee. On the other path, you could join the joint product that iCare and Rescue is putting out together. So you are a member of both iCare and Rescue. And in that path, we still do the ambulance dispatch, but now you don't get charged for the ambulance dispatch. You pay for that upfront with a small premium that allows you access to ambulance dispatches in the event of an accident. I think that's quite revolutionary and I'm actually interested in you know, the second part. So maybe I think it's time we get down to your product offering. I understand that you guys offer um, usage-based insurance, yes? Yes, we have some usage-based insurance products that we have designed and working with underwriters to bring them out in the market right now. How do the different offerings work? Earlier, I read on one of the ways usage-based insurance boxes to pay how you drive. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? So I'll just take you through some of the regulations as well right now. Um, the insurance regulations have changed such that insurers now are required to have a risk basis for every premium that they give which means that gone are the days when you could just walk in and say i want two percent because i have a big book and you get two percent premiums the insurance will now be based off of a bit more you know a scientific method on how that risk came about now, with that in place, premiums are likely to go up across the board. So good drivers would feel unfairly targeted if their premiums go up, yet they don't bring a lot of risk to the insurance ecosystem. Now, with the usage-based insurance, once we're able to tell the kind of driving you have, your eye care driving score, then participating underwriters are able to give you a risk-based premium that would typically be lower because you are a good driver. If you're a bad driver, then your insurance premium would go up. So you're in full control of what premium you receive based off of the kind of behavior you elicit in the roads. And for us, that's also very important because as a company that champions for safe driving and safer roads, we feel like this is one of the ways that we will see improved behavior on the roads and net reduction in the accidents on the Kenyan roads. Arthur, just to understand this product, I know that you talked about it in the last episode, but then there's this one thing that I've always wondered. Kenya being a country that's predominantly public transport, in as much as we have people with private cars, you know, a majority of the population, especially within the city, use, you know, matatus and swivels, yeah? Yes. So do you guys have an offering for institutions like, you know, Matatu Sakos, that's different from an offering for individuals like, say, Ali? Yes. And that's one of the things that we've been working on designing to see an appropriate way of pushing that out. I mean, I'll start off actually with uh, not the Matatus, but another interesting segment, which is the school-going children using, using the school buses. So... Similar to Abatatu, this is a system that carries, you know, a lot of individuals on a daily basis. 
And for us, we think parents would find it very important to know that the drivers who are carrying their children on a day-to-day basis are doing so in a safe manner. So with our eye care products in the school buses, we would be able to, one, tell the kind of driving behavior that the drivers are exhibiting when carrying the children, and two, in the unfortunate event of an accident, the first responders would be able to know very quickly where that vehicle is and provide timely care for the children. So we believe that's a very, very important first step for mass commuting services. And then when you now look at the matatus, which have a few complexities in and of themselves, we are also looking to push similar products where circles are now able to tell which drivers are driving in which way. Um, you know, down the road in the next six to eight months, we will also institute, uh, you know, driver signature. And the driver signature feature is one where we're able to tell individually who is driving this car. So if Arthur and Ali drive the same vehicle on a daily basis, I'm able to tell the day that Ali drives and the day that Arthur drives. Why this is important for Matatus is that if you have circle authorized drivers who are the ones who are supposed to be driving the vehicle on a daily basis, and then they get some other non-authorized people who may be the ones who are driving the vehicles in a bad way, the circles will be able to tell how often that is happening and be able to provide remedial action. If you are a passenger on a Matatu, you would want to know that the driver who is driving you around is authorized and well-trained to be able to undertake the task. So there's a lot of products around the public service side that we have been looking at instituting. And, you know, in the coming year, it's something that we'll put a lot more focus on to ensure that our commuters get to their workplaces safe and sound. I think that's really, really exciting. Walking you back a little bit on the product that targets school-going children or school buses, rather. When you say that fast respondents are able to get sort of a notification in the incidence of an event, does this include sort of the caregivers of the children or the parents in some sense? So because of the privacy law, you need to have some sort of agreement between the school owners, the parents, the drivers on who is able to get what type of alerts. So yes, if we're able to get a full agreement with the school and the driver to be able to alert the parents as well, then we can actually send direct alerts to the parents um, using the contact details they've given us. If the school wants to handle how they communicate that to the parents as quickly as possible, then we would work with the school to ensure that they have the details in a timely manner for them to be able to communicate to the parents appropriately. Again, remember we said in the last episode that we are very, very concerned about the you know, privacy law. And so we try as much as possible to ensure that we are not in breach of those regulations and respect the privacy of individuals involved. I get that, definitely. Now on the second product that you have, uh, the pay-as-you-drive. Could you elaborate how pay-as-you-drive works and specifically how has driving behavior you know, changed, especially as the pandemic came and sort of movement reduced a little bit? So the pay-as-you-drive products have been really popular abroad. We, have, we do, haven't seen them here yet, and that's part of the revolution that we're bringing. 
Um, the value of them is evident, particularly in this post-COVID era, where people are very concerned about the money out of their pocket. It has to be buying real value, not just perceived value. So yes, if you have a vehicle that you're not using, that's been in the parking lot for the last six, eight, nine months, then yes, you want to be able to pay a lower premium, pause that premium. If you haven't been driving your vehicle for the last nine months, then your driving score should be really high because Again, if you're not using the vehicle, there's no danger that vehicle is pausing on the road towards getting an accident. So all these behavior-based scores in our uh, pay-as-you-drive, uh, pay-how-you-drive kind of product uh, ensure that you only pay for the risk that you bring into the system. Now, for the pay-as-you-drive, the, the pay-per-kilometer type of product, you actually just pay for the distance-driven. So when you look at the COVID period again, where people haven't been driving, there's been a lot of articles that have been put out, not just abroad, but even some here, of people complaining that I haven't been using my vehicle, and so I want a rebate on my premium, or I want a lower premium next time around because I bring less risk. So one of the ways of also addressing this concern from customers is allowing them to pay for only what they use, the risk that they bring on the road through the distance that they're driving. And with telematics, this is a product that we are able to bring out. And actually, from our conversations with the underwriters, this is one of the products that they're really excited and interested in bringing into our Kenyan markets. I get how pay how you drive offers value to the consumer in the sense of they do not pay for the time when they're exposed to a risk. But then what does this mean to to the underwriters and the insurance companies with regards to the amount of premiums they collect to cover the individuals that, that might be driving or rather that contribute to the larger pool? So when you look at an insurer, just like any other business, there is a revenue line and there is a cost line. So if people are driving less, or if the average premiums in the markets are lower, then yes, the revenue line directly from premiums will go down. But then when you look at the cost line as well, when people are driving less, there are fewer accidents. So what follows is fewer claims. So you could find that the premiums may drop slightly, may increase slightly, um, depending on now how the insurers price the risk coming to them. But one thing that's really sure with this methodology is that on the claim side, the claims costs will go down because you'll have a much better idea who are the fraudulent people in the claims process. You'll have a much better idea of, you know, where an accident happened, parameters around the accidents. So for the insurance underwriters, the claim savings alone will more than offset any possible change on the revenue side with regards to premiums. Do you have perhaps numbers that could sort of come the level of claims versus premiums before and maybe what impact you anticipate to bring either in um, a firm or the market in general? So there was one very interesting study uh, done in Italy around telematics versus traditional measurement of insurance. What it found was that traditional factors explain away approximately 20% of the claims experience in a book. 
So this study was done a few years back, so this is improved. Telematics was able to explain more than 40% of the claims experience in a book. So what that tells us is with telematics, you're able to improve your claims experience by more than 50% from before, you know, going from 20 to 40%. That in and of itself will enable you to price appropriately. Um, actually, it's you know, an 100% improvement, but like if you're at 80% loss ratio, you could go down to a 50% loss ratio just by being able to improve what is going on on the claims end. You know, when we look at uh, another comparable and uh, discovery insurance in South Africa, you know, they mentioned that in their telematics program, they see about a 15% improvement in the driver scores in the first year of joining the program. And that 15% improvement means that drivers are actually driving better, which again translates to lower claims costs for the insurer. And this is the type of value that we're trying to bring to the local insurance industry. Allow me to veer off a little bit. So with regards to driving behavior, has AI care or is AI care planning to work with driving schools and instructors? That way there's a more proactive approach towards promoting defensive driving. Should we anticipate such plans? So we're already in discussions with some driving schools to try and see how we can assist in that part. So the driving education is not just subjective, but you're now bringing in objective measures on how well someone is driving. So that is something that we're in discussions with. We also looked at models where if someone, for example, breaks poorly, then you can give extra coaching on the side on how do you break appropriately when coming to roundabouts. And things like those are some of the discussions we're having with insurers on you know, how do you proactively reduce the risk coming from individuals within your book? So if you have people who are poor breakers, is it cheaper to let them have accidents and pay the claim? Or is it cheaper to enroll them in a one-day breaking lesson at one of the driving schools in the country? So these are the type of discussions we're having with insurers on how we can improve, again, the driving behavior, the safety of our drivers here in Kenya. I am really, really looking forward to that, given that I am planning to join Kenya Road soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'd be excited to have you as an iCare customer. You know, your safety is of paramount importance. Definitely. Arthur, product number two, paper kilometer. Yeah, so I've explained briefly about the paper kilometer. Maybe I can just delve a bit deeper into that. So you have some people who have secondary cars that they rarely use and for them it's like a you know a weekend drive car it might make more sense for them if they only use that vehicle to drive to the park to take their children to play or uh, weekends going to the grandparents for them they, they have a predictable amount of kilometers that they will put on that vehicle so for those types of people a paper kilometer would make a lot of sense because if I know in a full year, I don't drive more than 1,000 kilometers in my car, then again, compared to the average driver, I'm bringing much less grits to the road because the distance I travel is lower. So with a product like that, you then allow people, again, it's all about allowing people to pay for what they use. So 
care you're paying for the amount of time you are on the road. And we think it's something that will be very, very useful for many drivers here in Nairobi, particularly with the improvements that are happening in the transport infrastructure. So we have BRT. So many people who bought vehicles might actually not use them daily for their commute to work if the public transport system improves. They'll just be using it over the weekends. So again, paying per kilometer makes a lot of sense here because you've reduced the number of kilometers you drive every day. So you correspondingly get a lower premium that reflects how much you expect to drive in that year. I feel like the pay per kilometer service has some sort of a bespoke approach to motor insurance. Could you talk about how AI care will calculate the final insurance premium? And um, given that pay per kilometer just by default implies that I will pay my insurance premiums after rather than before, how will I'm trying to picture how the transactions will work? Could you help me with that? Yep, sure. So now that we have digital insurance certificates, that's one of the really good innovations that have been pushed over the last year. And this will allow for bespoke products such as these to be rolled out into the market. Now you don't need a new sticker every time. You can get one sticker that covers you for the year. And then it's just loaded up with different products as and when they're required. Now for this particular product, the way I envision it working and the way we're trying to structure it with our partner underwriters is you would have an allocated amount of uh, kilometers. So, for example, if I know that I will not drive more than a thousand kilometers in 2021 because I'll be using my tattoos a lot more or if I'm working from home a lot more, I would pay for insurance on 1000 kilometers. Then as soon as the 1000 kilometers are over, then my comprehensive cover lapses. So I can expand and buy more kilometers at a different rate, or I can just now leave my car on third party, which again, I wouldn't advise. So what happens is you have an allocated amount of prepaid kilometers. And if those are finished, you're given the opportunity to buy more kilometers and you will be alerted way before you get to that limit that you're getting close to it. So it's always going to be on a prepaid model. But on the other side of it, because the base product will always be a third-party insurance, when the number of kilometers are finished, then it reverts back to a third-party cover because in the country, it's mandatory to have at least a third-party cover when you're driving on the roads. Mm. I really think you've elaborated on the relationships between you know, the comprehensive cover and the paper kilometer. A little bit on the emerging side. At the moment, we realize that we have quite a number of startups in the market and some entering the market that more of handle two-wheeled vehicles like the motorcycles and the border borders. And I'm looking at a startup or a, a small business that does delivery where the number of kilometers that they would ideally drive are very, very dynamic as compared to an individual who goes to work where they have more room to predict how much or how long they will drive. So how will your product offer value to companies within the delivery space that have quite dynamic products like Border Bonus? Yeah, so the beauty about the different product suites is that the products target different segments. So pay per kilometer would be more targeted towards people who have predictive driving behavior, where they believe the 
amount of kilometers they drive will not be that high, so they require a lower premium. Because typically in that kind of system, once you go over your allocated kilometers, then the premium starts increasing based off of they've now brought more risk to the road. So for the delivery space, that might not be the right product. For them, the right product might actually be a behavior-based product where they want to encourage, even if they want your pizza to get there very quickly or your letter to get to your place very quickly, they also want to ensure that the Boda Boda rider is being safe when they're doing that. So they're not taking corner, they're not you know, riding on the wrong side, they're not breaking harshly, they're not swerving around the road all over the place. Things like this that expose them as a border border riders to a lot of risk. And so again, when you have our products on these types of vehicles, you're able to measure the behavior and find out, yes, we don't want this rider on our pool because at the end of the day, I wouldn't want any of my employees to get injured while on the job. So if they're doing their work in a reckless manner, I'd rather not have them on my payroll. You know, one of the big complaints that we hear of people on the road is that the border border riders are very not careful. I think that's the best term I can use in how they ride on the road. So it helps the delivery companies to be able to discriminate between who's a careful person who's doing the job well, of whom there are very many, and who are the reckless people who give Boda Boda riders a bad name? So I think for them, the perfect product could be the behavior-based product. And interestingly enough, we are in discussions with two different such companies to roll out our product with them to enable the safer Boda Boda riding and also for the riders themselves to be able to get faster ambulance dispatch in the event of an unfortunate accident. Thank you. I think that question is really, really well covered. Thank you for that. As we approach the end of this podcast, of course, do you imagine AI care stepping into other sectors of insurance? Or rather, what are some of the areas, other areas of insurance beyond motor insurance that could benefit from telematics? So motor insurance is our first foray into insurance and we're really excited about it. The reception has been great. So we expect 2021 to be a good year. But once we've uh, done a good job with changing the behaviors of drivers and ingraining a good culture of driving in this country, we're also looking next to the health sector where, you know, once you have algorithms that can be coupled with the IoT devices, Internet of Things devices, and you're successful in one frame, you can use the learnings there to move to a different frame and for us, naturally, the next frame we'll be looking at will probably be around health and wearables. So a lot of investigations around that. And we think that's somewhere where we can also bring a lot of added value. And with the cost of wearables going down every other day, we believe that by the time we're jumping in there, it will be cost effective enough, again, to be a mass market product. We're very excited about bringing products to the masses rather than just leaving it for the privileged few. So again, when we start looking at this, we'll be looking at a solution that we can push to everyone. I am really, really looking forward to that. I think that's all I had for today. Arthur, do you think there's anything that we've we perhaps you know left out? Yeah, I think like for us, we're really excited about the insurance industry. We do believe that technology can do a lot to bring it forward. 
it has gotten you know, a poor reputation amongst many of the insureds. So we believe that we will be able to bring much needed breath of fresh air to the industry. So that's something that's very excited for us. And then as I care, we're also now raising our seed round. So if there are any investors interested in the insurance sector, in uh, disrupting the insurance sector, not just in Kenya, but in sub-Saharan Africa, then we would be very excited to speak to you further on that front. Thank you so much. And just 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 again, still on the, on the raising funds and an investment investment front. What do you think is, you know, that one big thing that investors should be excited about with air care? So for us, one of the unique value propositions that we think we gave, when you look at a lot of the successful telematics implementations globally, they have happened in places where roads are well marked, there isn't many potholes, traffic lights work well, so their algorithms have been trained in a very structured environment. We here at iCare are training our algorithms on a much more unstructured environment where you know roads uh, from one day to the next or like it's a short period of rains later, you have a lot of potholes where lights are replaced you know, very often or not working or sometimes traffic is being driven by policemen rather than the lights. So there's a lot of variables that happen in our environment that make it a very interesting learning uh, environment for AI algorithms. And once you're able to learn in an unstructured environment, it makes it much easier to move into a structured environment and also give extra value. So we do believe we're not just a solution made for Africa, but once we are able to show value for Africa, then we would be the best place to be able to push out across the globe solutions on the motoring front. So we believe that in the next 10 years, iCare will be a big brand solving mobility problems globally. Definitely. Thank you so, so much for sharing with me today. I am really, really excited to, to do more follow-up discussions with regards to how your products are doing in the market. And I'm also excited that you guys plan to enter the healthcare space in future. To our listeners, we will be launching a new series with AI Care. It's going to be on insurance still. And this new series will expand fund beyond just motor insurance, include other sectors insurance. And me and AI Care are going to host this podcast here. It's going to launch next year. And I am really, really excited. We have so many exciting guests and we cannot wait to bring it to you guys stay on the lookout this series is going to start from next year january arthur thank you thank you so much for joining today's discussion any last words yeah i'm also extremely excited about the series i think insurance as a sector as i said has been misrepresented a lot so it would be great to have conversations with industry leaders across the board on technology and how they think technology can influence you know, the different sectors of insurance and how they view the sector growing and what they can do to create a more positive image for the insurance sector to the rest of the population. So, yeah, we expect next year to be a good year in terms of informing people about what's going on behind the scenes in insurance. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Please stay on the lookout for our new series.
Thank you so much for joining us today.